Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we just heard from Brendan Lewis for the first time ever. Um, exciting stuff. Not going to lie, like, he, uh, th- there's a way that quarterbacks talk, especially like good quarterbacks, where they really don't say anything, but they like really confidently don't say anything, and they have a bunch of different ways to not say anything. And I, it's not like a quality that you love from my perspective, but it's certainly a quality that quarterbacks like, like they're just media trained in that way. And I'm not sure if Brendan Lewis has been going through a bunch of like media training. I'm sure there's been like at least a little bit um, before he got on the call today, but you know, he, he has some of that and there was definitely some good stuff in there, but very, uh, I don't know. He, he seemed like a quarterback, which I guess is a good thing. Uh, also heard from his coach, his quarterback's coach, Danny Langsdorf. Uh, he's also the passing game coordinator. And we heard from Demetrius Martin, the cornerback's uh, coach for Colorado. And we're going to be digging into all of the things that they had to say on this podcast. First, though, um, the Colorado XOs, the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the reason this podcast happens, um, they're a rugby team in Glendale, Colorado. They train at the Rugby Town National Training Center. It's the same facilities that the U.S. national teams use. And the goal is to get athletes from other sports onto the Colorado XOs roster so that they can coach them up and teach them how to play rugby and, in theory, make them good enough to get onto that U.S. national team that shares a locker room, basically. Um, Colorado XOs in their first season, they're 3-1. and one. It's an exciting time. If you want to follow along, which you definitely should, follow the uh, DNVR Rugby Twitter account um, on Twitter. Uh, listen to the DNVR Rugby podcast and check out all the written content at thednvr.com. All right. Um... You know, usually we go in, like, the order that people talked, but then when Ashad had all those things to say on Monday, I was like, well, we got to throw the script out the window and just change things up here because we want to talk about Ashad. I feel like now that that precedent's been set and because we heard from Brendan Lewis today, you got to jump in right there. So, for, for those of you who are listening to the podcast but somehow do not know this, uh, Brendan Lewis is the quarterback, uh, one of the quarterbacks. He was a true freshman last year. That means that he'll be a true freshman again in 2021. Um, highly regarded dual threat quarterback out of Texas, um, accomplished a lot of different things, has a big arm, smart guy, has the build that you want for the position. And again, he's, he's a good athlete. 
Um, and not only is he uh, good running the football, the rollouts, the rollouts can be uh, just beautiful. And you know, whenever you have a quarterback that's in like that mold, I mean, not. I mean, this is like a new thing. It's been like three years now that people think this. But when you have somebody in that mold, it's like okay, compare him to Patrick Mahomes. The, can he roll out like Patrick Mahomes? Can he run like Patrick Mahomes? Does he have the arm? You know, and that, that is the obviously very few people match up to those benchmarks in any way. But for mobile quarterbacks, that's kind of the the prototype right now. And you know, I, I I've been able to talk myself into some similarities, especially with those rollouts. I, might be something there. Like I said, uh, this is our first time talking to Brendan. Although he's been on campus for like a year now, he graduated early from high school so that he could be a part of spring football last year. Obviously, there was no spring football last year, so that didn't work out all that great. Um, but, you know, because of the COVID stuff, I've never met Brendan Lewis. You know, even like Ashad, like I, I met him before the Stanford game. Like we've talked on like DMs on Twitter, that kind of stuff. Brendan, no, this is this was the first time. Again, I was impressed. Uh, Any time that you talk to, I'm not sure if he's 18 or 19, but he's 18 or 19. Um, whenever you talk to somebody that age, which I guess is only like five years younger than me, um, you don't know what to expect because. I mean, you all know 18 and 19 year old boys, or you have at some point, like some of them in this scenario can like pull themselves together and act like real functioning adults. Some of them are just not capable of that and get a little bit nervous. Uh, Brendan though, checked all the boxes, checked all the boxes. Um, talked about his transition to college. Um, he said, you know, it, it was definitely hard coming in. You have to get adjusted to a bunch of different things. The biggest adjustment he said was just the, the speed of the game. Um, but he felt like throughout the season, he kind of got more comfortable. And when he got into the Alamo bowl, uh, he said, you know, he was, he had a little bit of confidence going in. Um, but once he completed his first pass, uh, it, he said it felt like high school. Um, and again, he said, like, he knows there's a lot that he still has to work on. He feels like he's worked on a lot of those things. Again, it feels like in a lot of ways he's back in high school and he can just go do his thing. Um, he did say, like, you know, he graduated early, came in early, and he's definitely felt homesick. Um, but he went back to Texas over the summer. And this is similar to Ashad's story. And Ashad's story was basically like his grandma said, like, that is the best place for you. And so Ashad listened. Um, and Ashad obviously like picked up on the importance and what the opportunities that he has in Boulder are. And that was kind of the same thing with Brendan. You know, he said he went back home and he realized that he's in Boulder for a reason. Um, and he says like, he, he definitely does get homesick, homesick still, but he said, I'm here to work. Um, and being away from home is just something that you have to do. Like that's, that's how college works. Um, and he seems to be handling all of that well now. Um, he said that having Sam around definitely helps everybody a lot, ha has some experience, has some good advice, but at the same time, all those guys help each other. Um, learning things from JT, talking through JT's mistakes, learning things from whoever, talking through their mistakes, you know, it, it is a team mentality and you know, it's not really a surprise, but it is a heated quarterback competition. 
Um, I asked him about the uh, chemistry with receivers. Um, he says, you know, that they're working daily. They're watching film together. He says, like, the chemistry isn't perfect yet, um, but it's definitely, like, in a good place. Mentioned Keith Miller, Dimitri Stanley specifically. Keith Miller, I'm, I'm excited about him. This isn't probably the time, but it's easy to start to, I mean, what he's six foot five and 210 pounds. Like that's just uh that's a big man and he looks big. And you know, if again, Brendan Lewis, the type of quarterback that maybe you want to move the pocket, get him over the sideline, let him unleash some throws after guys have had a chance to run downfield for a while. Keith Miller sounds like the kind of receiver that would do well. Not, not a huge surprise that that was one of the names he dropped. Um, exciting though. Um, he was asked about the defensive backs, what he's seen from them. Um, good stuff on the defensive backs from Demetrius Martin. One point in particular I'm very excited about. Um, but what Brendan said, well, first he, he listed off a few names. And he said, Makai, Gonzo, Mark Perry, all those guys back there. Uh, they push us to be better. And then kind of went on with the – he didn't say, like, iron sharpens iron, but that was – would have been a shorter way to say what he said. Um, interesting, though, when asked about the secondary, you know, the, the three the three names that popped to mind, Makai, Christian Gonzalez, and Mark Perry. Mark Perry. I don't know. Just just exciting to hear. You, you know he's fast. You know he's, he's big, especially for how fast he is. Could be time for him to go make some plays. Um, a couple more things from Brendan here. Um, he says that, oh, this was when he was asked about the coaches, you know, specifically, you know, Danny Langsdorf, his position coach, Darren Cheverini, offensive coordinator, Carl Durrell, um, who's a very accomplished offensive coach. And he said, you know, they've really helped out with the reads. Um, they all know a lot about football. And, um, he said like, I feel like a totally new player from what I've learned from them. Um, and really emphasize just how much they know and how much he's learned. Um, said in particular, like, Carl does a good job noticing his mistakes and letting him know. Um, Langsdorf, obviously, it's a bunch of, like, on-the-board stuff. Um, ooh, one more note on his confidence. He said, you know, obviously, not a surprise, but he said it skyrocketed from last season um, for a bunch of different reasons, including that he's now just getting reps you know, he's, he's a part of all the practices and it makes him just feel a little bit more part of the team. Um, was my read on what he said. He didn't say that in particular. Um, let's see. That's all I have on Brendan. He, you know what? Let's get, let's get this break out of the way. And then we'll get into what Danny Langsdorf and, uh, Demetrius Martin had to say, because Demetrius, again, there's one point I am very excited about. First, though, I want to remind you guys that if you are not a member of DMVR yet, now's the time. A bunch of really cool things that you get to do. Um, you get to join the members-only Discord. Uh, you get to, uh, you know, get a big beer for the size of a small beer. There's just a whole bunch of cool stuff, but there's a special perk right now. Not only when you become an annual DMVR member do you receive a free shirt of your choice from the DMVR locker, but you'll also get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. Um, it's basically 10 milligrams of CBD. You stir it around in your drink, and it's it's really simple. It's There's no mess or anything. Um, and you can check out the reviews for yourself at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. 
and they're offering our listeners 30% off their first purchase when using the code DNVR30. Um, again, there's that's an awesome deal. Annual membership, free DNVR shirt, and uh, one of those holistic sticks with a coupon inside. Uh, it's it's an awesome deal. Check out. Again, you can also get 30% off with the code DNVR30 from holisticwellness.com. Um, oh, oh no, I misread that. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery and their seltzers. Um, again, the summer is just seltzer season. It's a time when, for me personally, I try to be in shape. You know, I don't really pay attention to that kind of thing in the winter, but in the summer, you know, it's just, it's just something that people do. And now that I think of it, like, it is kind of dumb. But uh, the, the point is, I'm not changing my ways, and it's so nice to have seltzers now from Breckenridge Brewery. Um, again, they're, they're only 100 calories um they only have two grams of carbs I, I actually they say two grams of carbs are less that means that like some of the flavors have even less and there's zero sugar it's it's seriously like awesome stuff um i know some people just like their nice full beer and at the end of the day you sit back and have one or two of those and and i totally respect that and, and breckenridge brewery has plenty of options for you but the seltzers honestly for me in my life when i drink a lot of breckenridge products I am very excited to have these all summer, and uh, I hope you guys are too. If you want to check them out, um, there's five different flavors. Apple, pe- apple pear. It's really hard to say that to make it clear that it's just one flavor. You have to say it kind of fast, and they sound dumb. So the, the flavors, though, they're honeydew, um, mountain berry, peach, black cherry, and apple pear. So uh, if you guys want to check those out, you can use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. They'll show you on a map all of the places you can get them. And like our friend Justin said on the last podcast, there are more places that do have them than don't. And that is pretty nice. Um, one more shout out real quick. One more bill to pay. Um, Gabby Insurance. And this is actually a really cool one because it's already saved some of my friends a lot of money. Um, Eric Weedham, you know him as D-Line. He saved over $1.3,000 per year. I don't know if thousands, it might be 1,300. Like 1.3 million, you definitely say 1.3, 1.3,000. Eh, I'm not so sure. Um, it does make it sound bigger though. And I guess that's probably why it's written like that. Um, a bunch of others, you know, Lindsay saved hundreds of dollars as well. Um, and the way it works though, is that they take your insurance policy and then get you quotes from 40 of the top insurance providers, like progressive nationwide and travelers. It's the exact same insurance policy. Um, nothing changes except for how much you pay. And I guess who you're paying it to or potentially getting paid out from if something horrible happens. Um, Again, it's it's the exact same coverage, and that's what makes the tool so cool. Um, they, they don't sell your information. You're not going to get any, like, spam calls or people trying to, to tell you about the insurance that they have. None of that. Um, it's really simple. Just go on their website, Gabby.com. Gabby, G-A-B-I.com. Um, that stands for get a better insurance. Uh, it, it seriously is a really cool product. It's really easy. It just takes a couple of minutes and they will tell you how much money they can save you. And then you don't get spam or robocalls or anything. Uh, so put your policy to the test like we did. Um, get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check out. There's no obligation. Go to gabby.com slash DMVR, G-A-B-I.com slash DMVR. All right. Um, wow. Back to football. Um, 
let's start with Danny Langsdorf. Heard from him first. Um, obviously, so he's he's the quarterbacks coach. Came in last year um, when Carl Durrell came in, and is also the passing game coordinator. Which you know is it's it means he's more than the quarterbacks coach and less than the offensive. I mean, you could have put together what that means for his standing. Um, he said, it's a good group to work with. Uh, they're definitely missing Sam, but he said he's pleased with uh, JT Shrout's progress. Ooh, and a note on JT. So the NCAA, I guess technically it's not official, but a report came out from Nicole Auerbach from uh, The Athletic who breaks a bunch of really big stories in college football. She knows her stuff, and if she reports it, then I believe it. And she said that all student-athletes are going to be granted uh, – um, a transfer waiver basically for their first transfer as a student athlete. Um, and what that means is when you transfer somewhere, you don't have to sit out the year. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about that policy and I have written about those thoughts at length various times, including for the student newspaper back in the day. It's been a long fight and I, I, I am very excited about that for a bunch of different reasons. But the one that really drove me crazy and this is not the time, but this is my podcast. Um, so the one thing that always drove me crazy about that transfer rule is that it didn't apply to everybody. Who it applied to was only, I think, like the top five sports in terms of generating revenue um, across the NCAA. Um, and I can't remember what exactly those are off the top of my head. Obviously, football, men's basketball, I think women's basketball, and then it was maybe like baseball and hockey, something like that. And they have, they called it their uh, academic year in residence, I believe. Um, and the idea behind the policy, they said, was to give student athletes who are coming to a new environment a year to acclimate to their new surroundings because they say, you know, if you transfer, the, the odds of you struggling in classes or struggling in your personal life because you don't know as maybe that side sort of thing, you know, those kind of add up and have caused problems. Now, where I'm going with this, first of all, does that only apply to people who participate in the five sports that generate the most revenue? Seems unlikely. And if, and if you're not going to apply that to everybody else, then it does seem like it's kind of pointed toward trying to keep people in the same place. Um, on top of that, you would think, you know, if it, it, I totally agree. Transferring from one school to another as a 20-year-old, a 21-year-old, very, very, very difficult. And, you know, maybe there is something to, to having him sit out a year. If that's the case... What about the freshmen who are going from high school, living away from home for the first time in their lives? No, they're they're free to play. They don't need an academic year in residence. Um, it's, you know, just the things didn't line up the way that you would think that they would considering how long that policy was in place. Um, I think it doesn't become official, though, until tomorrow. Um, I, there's like a series of meetings going on with really important people, and I don't know exactly who. I would say 50-50 that Rick George is involved, though, again, because that's who he is. Um, so there's that piece of news. And obviously, JT Shrout, the transfer from Tennessee, um, that means that as long as everything goes well, he will be allowed to play this fall, which was a question because he did need that waiver for transferring. It's a little bit less of a question because he was a quarterback, and I would say that potentially every single one of those waivers that has been sent in for a quarterback has been uh, granted. 
However, other positions, no. And if you want to go through the ways that the application of this policy or just uh, what it is in and of itself, just buy the book. I mean, it's it, it, the things did not add up, and that's the point. So there was a little bit of a rant plus a little bit of an update on JT. Um, Danny Langsdorf, though, is pleased with JT's progress. Uh, from there, he said, Brandon is so much further ahead at this point. Uh, he has game experience, and that makes a difference for him. Um, he's excited about Drew Collar, or Carter. Um, he said that Grant Cicerone has been very solid. Uh, he said top to bottom. It's been a good group to work with. Oh, and he mentioned uh, the other walk-on quarterback, too, Jordan Wolverton from, from Durango. He's from Durango. Um, so... Uh, I can't remember what exactly he said because I had to move on to my next note, but it was another little positive thing like he listed off with the other guys. Just wanted to throw that out there in case like you're huge Jordan Wolverton fans or enemies, really. Anybody who could be like waiting to hear his name and making assumptions based on the fact that Danny Langsdorf didn't say it, which would not be true. Um, again, though, top to bottom, good group to work with. They're smart. They ask good questions. Um, and that was his opening statement. Uh, from there, he's asked about JT Shrout, and he said, you know, the newcomer is always behind the eight ball. He's done a good job studying, though. He's been putting in the time during the offseason, and he said he just ran a very good two-minute drill um, that ended with a nice touchdown pass. Uh, that was during practice today, obviously. Um, say he knew the signals. He knew where guys needed to be. He made good decisions. He's a really smart quarterback, and he's put in the time. There's some good stuff. Uh, from there, he was asked about uh, Sam Neuer. And he said, oh, and specifically about his shoulder, with the reason being that he's been, he had like surgery after the season. He's doing light throwing in, uh, I, I think the way it was phrased was the end of April or probably um, in May. So there you go. Um, what he had to say, though, and the guess the <laughs> add even more details the question was about last season and the shoulder he said he wouldn't make the excuse but i think it affected him during the season um you know seen him in the locker room and he's like getting a numbing shot in his shoulder surely that affected him um he's a tough kid though he doesn't make excuses and really didn't let it hinder him when he was on the field um he seems to be progressing great um in terms of now in practice um because obviously he isn't able to do all that much because he can't throw a football and he's a quarterback. Uh, Danny said he's done a great job being engaged mentally. He's working on his rehab, but in practice, he can step back and take a different view. He's been able to go back on the season, dissected every play from last fall. All of it will be very beneficial, and he's learning as much as he can without taking reps. Good stuff. Um, asked about the uh, competition in August. He said... Uh, it's a great problem to have. You love to hear that. You love to hear that. Um, you know, he could have decided, like, what's going to sound really good? Great problem to have will sound good. There is that possibility. But, you know, whenever you have a quarterback competition, I mean, you have Sam Neuer coming back, who is second-team All-Pac-12, and that is... Sam Neuer provides a safe floor, and I know that... Second team all pack 12 means probably less last season than in any other season, just because, you know, first of all, fewer games played. Um, and, you know, it's just such a weird year that 
you know, flukes can happen. And, and I think that Sam was very, very good and showed a lot of signs. But there's some apprehension still that I've noticed about the Buffs quarterback position. It's still good to hear, though, from Danny Langsdorf to say it's a great problem to have. Um, we have three really capable guys, maybe four. If we can get that up to six, then even better. Uh, guys are hungry. Uh, it's a great competitive nature. Um, they all want to be the starter. Um, it's going to be quite a battle. And and he did double down and say it is a great problem to have. And it's good to s- just to hear that they see things that way. Personally, I mean, I see it too. I mean, if you have to throw Brendan Lewis out there, that is really exciting. Um, if you throw him out there because he's good in camp, even better. But just because you have so many options, it does seem like it should be a good problem. And I'm glad that they say great problem to have. Um, asked about Drew Carter, the true freshman who is basically doing what Brendan Lewis did last year, you know, getting to campus during the spring for spring ball. And the difference is obviously that there is spring ball this year. Uh, Drew uh, on Drew. He said, uh, Sam has been helpful with him. Um, he had a limited number of snaps last week. Oh no, that wasn't it. There was a limited number of snaps in the practice. You remember that was the scrimmage on Friday. There were 20 to 25 total plays. Um, and there just wasn't enough to go around. You had to cut some people out. Drew got cut out. But uh, the plan is to get him reps on Friday during Friday's scrimmage and try to get him a couple series. Good stuff there. Um, Grant Cicerone, the walk-on who, uh, yeah, he's been impressive. I mean, I think, here's what I'll say. When uh, Danny says... We have three really capable guys, maybe four. Obviously, the three, Sam Neuer, JT Shrout, Brendan Lewis. The four, though, I think it's easy to just say it's Drew Carter. He's, he's, I think Grant Cicerone factors in there. Um, Danny said he's throwing the ball accurately. He's making good decisions. He's really solid. He's putting the time. Um, again, makes good decisions. Stood out yesterday in practice in the seven-on-sevens. He's throwing to the right guys and throwing on time. He doesn't say much, but he's soaking in the new stuff we've been doing. Um, that's good stuff. Also, uh, Dave Platy added, if he's Italian, he's the first Italian quarterback on the Buffs roster since Machete. Mike Machete. Um, not sure if anybody out there is all that interested, but um, maybe there's like a, a proud Italian listening um, who will be happy to hear that. Um, Platy added, you know, you don't hear or see many like double C's unless they're Italian. So seems like a good bet. Um, let's keep going with Demetrius Martin now. So Demetrius Martin, cornerbacks coach, came in last year, um, well-known as a recruiter, spent a lot of time in various capacities um, working with uh, high school football in California. He, he coached there. He ran, uh, uh, or I guess he was, oh, wow, now I'm starting to wonder. He, he definitely worked with JUCO schools out there, but I can't remember what exactly he, his position on those staffs were. Point is, even there, he's recruiting a bunch of guys, and uh, that's kind of the big draw. Um, now he's been on staff for a little over a year, not much over a year, and uh, we talked to him today for the first time during camp. Um, he said everything's going good, feels like we're on the incline, um, we're getting better within this scheme, and here's what I've been excited about. Chris Wilson brought over an NFL scheme, and guys are taking a liking to it. It's the first time we'd heard this be called an NFL scheme. Um, 
you know, it's been called a bunch of different things. Mostly it's been called like no scheme because you can, they're going to do something different every week to match whatever. But um, I am curious what the bones are of all of it. Fun to hear though, an NFL scheme. And more importantly, guys are taking a liking to it. And you hear NFL scheme, you're like, oh no, that sounds, that sounds really complicated for a bunch of 18, 19, 20 through like 22 year olds. Um, again, though, everything we've heard is that everybody is confident in it. They know their role better. Um, wow. There's some more good stuff in here from Demetrius, um, on Makai playing in the star position. He said, you know, that's mostly just cross training. We, we want all of our guys to be true defensive backs. Um, we want to get them used to different spots. Uh, you'll remember Makai's working in the star during spring, mostly because of, uh, the depth that they have at cornerback so many guys that they want to get reps for. And so they put them outside and Makai gets to see some new things, learn some new things, and then most likely pop back outside um, in the fall. On Tyron Taylor, the freshman, uh, you'll remember, I think it was the first week of camp. We spent some time on the, the true freshman who could factor in. He was kind of my dark horse favorite. Um, and Demetrius said he's getting here early. Um, Oh, he said getting here early is almost the same as a full season. Again, like that kind of surprises me a little bit, but obviously he's a freshman who graduated early, came into campus early for an extra semester. Um, and he said, you know, he'll be ready to go in the fall. He'll know the terminology. He'll know the defense. And obviously, like, he's making good progress with that stuff already. Um, good to hear. Um, on working with Brett Maxey, uh, Demetrius said it's kind of a good cop, bad cop thing. Um but they work together great, and he seems to be enjoying it. Uh, I asked him about Nigel Bethel, and in particular because Carl Durrell has been talking about, I guess not been talking. He said once um, after Nigel made an interception in the scrimmage we saw on Friday that Nigel is always around the ball, and the ball just seems to find him. So I brought that up with Demetrius because he's the cornerback's coach, and what Demetrius said was, he had two interceptions in practice today. One was a really big one in some situational drills. Um, so, I don't know. It sounds like that is a very real thing because he's doing it again. Because Carl said, like, it seems like every day he's, he's getting his hands on ball. He's, he's pulling an interception, maybe even two. Another good day. Um, from there, though, he said, you know, he's refining tools within the defense. And then here's an interesting part. He said he provides solid depth. But then he said, you know what? I don't want to put him in that box. Uh, he's a guy that could be up for a starting job. It's still early. All these guys are up for starting jobs. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, from there, he was asked about DJ Oates. And he said he's making a statement to get onto the depth chart. Um, and then list off a bunch of the depth guys they're making strides. And he seems very high on the group. Um, Christian Gonzalez said he was... Oh, this may be my favorite part of all from today. I think it's going to be yours too. Oh, this is really exciting. And it makes me wish I hadn't just written about Christian Gonzalez because this would be a great little piece to throw in there. Um, but he said he was handcuffed by things being far too easy for him in high school. Um, and you know, this is something that I've talked a lot with, um, with Brandon Spano about the CEO at DMVR, um, big buffs fan, but when we talk about it, you know, he always says, you know, he's, he's a little bit tight. He doesn't seem like the technique is all the way there. So it was fun hearing from D Demetrius saying he was handcuffed by things being too easy for him in high school. You know, he didn't have to learn perfect techniques and stuff because he was, I mean, 
probably bigger than just about everybody, definitely faster than just about everybody. Um, long, you, he was just able to dominate without putting in all that much work. Uh, from there, though, Dimitri said, film study helps you make split-second plays instead of almost making them, um, which is really interesting, and I feel like we could go off on that, but that isn't the good part. They say he's learning a lot. Um, because of the film study, he's communicating better. Last year, if he knew a play, he wasn't communicating it. It's all right to let your guys out there know what play is coming if you know it. So, apparently... Apparently, this was one of the issues in the secondary. Again, one of the best secondaries in the Pac-12 on what I would call the best defense in the Pac-12 last year. Your true freshman cornerback starts every game, and he's out there, and this is your problem. He's, he knows what the offense is going to run, but just doesn't trust it enough to tell everybody else back there. There's what a what a if 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 uh, Danny Langsdorf wants to talk about all those quarterbacks being a great problem. Christian Gonzalez, knowing what play the offense is running, but not being great at communicating it, that is a spectacular problem to have. And now he is commuting, though. You're communicating, though. And, and that's the big piece. Um, obviously, film study will help with that. And, and that was the point that Demetrius was making, is that you know he could make those reads, but when you study film, you're just so much more confident in them. You, you know that you've seen them run this play over and over and over again by going back and watching the film. And so when it's time to, to get out there and you line up and you see it, you, you, instead of saying, huh, I, I think it's this, you say, oh, I know it's this. And because of that, you get to tell everybody else. Um, not, not a lot of true freshmen are able to even know what play the offense is running. And uh, I think that's it for today. Uh, that... That exciting little tidbit right there from Demetrius is probably uh, a good a good ending note. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. Not really sure what we're talking about now that I think of it. Um, probably should have just talked about all of my thoughts on the, um, what is it called? The academic year in residence for tomorrow. But we'll see. Uh Whatever the case, there will be a podcast tomorrow. I'm excited to uh, talk again soon, so uh, let's do that. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. Patiently awaiting When I hit the field It's so hard to behave I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd Do the wave Look into my eyes I can tell that you afraid Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya Hit ya You on your own now Why you watching the official You just better hope you make it to the next whistle And we ain't playing with you You can get it anytime It started at the scrimmage We gon' win it at the line My Colorado swag in the middle Hey, and when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad.
Dolly, get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a ram? I'm bored Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. When I start, hit the field. The opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of warriors. Got me feeling tribal. Big 12, here we come. We ain't worried about arrival. If you want it, come and get it. We'll wait for your arrival. When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival. Why you make it, why you make it. Yeah, you better bring your Bible. Great big blind side, flat line, no revival. Get them bust, get them bust. Mess them up, we say we got them.